welcome to Press Drive by Track. I'm your host, Dan, and today we're going to be talking about We Get Up from Emancipation, recorded June 1996 at Paisley Park and released on the 19th of November 1996. On the track, it is Prince, Rhonda Smith, Eric Leeds, and Brian Lynch. Uh, the track is 4 minutes 19, and joining me to talk about it today is Josh Norman. Hello, Josh. Hey, Darren. Now, this is your first time as a guest on the podcast, so as is tradition... Um, you know, before we get into the song, I'm just going to ask, um, you know, how did you get into Prince? You know, is there, is like an album or a, a track or, you know, a moment that you can remember, uh, when you heard Prince and you thought, you know, this is a person whose music, um, I want to listen to, or, you know, was there an album that you first bought when you kind of got into Prince? Uh, you know, what is, what is your history with him? Yeah, definitely. Uh, the first song I ever heard as a kid, I was born in 1974, so I was eight years old and a friend of mine was playing the 1999 album and I heard the baby crying at the end of Delirious and it caught my ear and I thought, what is this on, in a, is that a Prince song? Um, and then my family moved to North, uh, Western Indiana and I ended up making friends with a guy who would drive to Minneapolis on the weekends to, uh, attend uh, open rehearsals and other things that Prince was doing at Paisley Park. And he would come back with uh, rehearsal recordings and unreleased songs. And as like a young high schooler, um, it was the first time that I it ever struck me that, wow, what I hear on an album isn't a finished piece of work the minute that it's done that goes through years of working and reworking and uh, so that's what really caught my attention was the kind of effort and work and um, you know effort that was put into the artistry of Prince and just uh, got really interested into hearing earlier versions of songs and then hearing them on albums later on and it just led to you know 30 years of fandom freakdom okay well then let's get into We Gets Up um, which um, in terms of a genre, I mean, uh, I, I mean, <laughs> I'm not 100 percent sure how to describe it, because to me, it sounds like, uh, you know, there's kind of uh, this 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 kind of weird voice that I mean, particularly opens the song, um, you know, with the oh, yeah, what do you think was going to happen like that at the beginning? And it right. kind of sound I don't know, to me, it's like the production of it um, is kind of like um, uh, like a funk song, but not. But, but kind of with a, a kind of rap edge, if that makes sense to you. I mean, that's certainly how I kind of hear it. Yeah, I hear that. And I mean, I don't know why I think of pinball when I hear this song. Pinball and basketball <laughs> come to mind when I hear the song a lot. So Yeah, yeah do, probably do, for do, that kind of keyboard noise, isn't it? Like that kind of almost like a the, the alarms going off on something happening on a pinball table. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Do we know if it's Rhonda Smith screaming that line at the beginning of the song? I mean, I'd, I do you know what she? I, I earlier today I actually looked at the liner notes in the Emancipation booklet in an attempt to figure out who that was. Um, but I mean, I, I, I mean it can't be Prince because it certainly doesn't sound like Prince. It doesn't sound right. like his vocals treated in any kind of way. I agree. So I, I feel like it must be Rhonda Smith, unless you know, unless like Maite was walking past and started shouting mm. or something like, and then she just went uncredited. I don't know. It's it's one of those things where I don't think I've heard enough of Rhonda Smith's voice to be able to kind of pin it down to that. Yeah, me, me too. I guess I need to go back and listen to Intellipop or something like that and compare. <laughs> um, but it is an unusual start to the, the the song, you know, and I feel this is one of those songs that is uh, a song about itself. You know, Prince is saying, you know, we gets up, everybody get down, um, you know, make a sound, make a sound. And that is exactly what they are doing. Exactly. Yeah, it's sort of a self-fulfilling prophecy of a song. Yes, uh, <laughs> they are. They are indeed uh, making a sound. Right. 
And, uh, you know, I think I think it's kind of an interesting song because, I mean, at the same time, it features what I feel is always the lamest boast from Pence, which is where he, he boasts about the MPG, you know, which is something that he puts into quite a few songs around this time because obviously Exodus had come out like the year before. And so he, he kind of, you know, there's a song where he talks about uh, D'Angelo and the MPG. Does this this kind of weird reference as if, as if the MPG are a well-known outfit <laughs> yeah. that everybody kind of cowers in front of? Um, and it, and it's always kind of weird because it's like, uh, I mean, you know, they're okay as a backing band, but I, I don't think people are fearing them in the way that, um, you know, Prince is kind of building them up in, in particular in this song, but in other songs on this album as well. He said in a, some interviews during the time that, you know, he was doing his own commercials like a used car salesman. Uh, I don't know if you would... Uh, put the, put this on that level, but it's, he's certainly a salesman in this song. And I think I think that maybe maybe uh, you know if we were to pick a genre, I feel like you know advert would probably fit <laughs> yes. this one. Sales uh, sales funk. <laughs> yes, which I guess is uh, you know Prince once again you know breaking barriers, creating his own genre. Um, yeah, but there's a lot of stuff in this song. I don't feel like this song has anything particular to say other than you know the MPG are a band that perform music, which. <laughs> feels kind of redundant but um i mean obviously you know that they talk about you know we get up when we come to your town i said the lost is found which i think is an interesting turn of phrase i like when prince does that where he'll take kind of um you know words that are part of a phrase like lost and found and kind of change them slightly yeah um, so you know i think that's i think it's a you know it's a it's a catchy enough chorus but just the kind of repetition of we gets up over and over again it kind of makes you think well if you're going to do that then just gets up don't don't keep telling me that that is what you're going to be doing. Um, you know, just do that thing. Um, right. Like smash them like you want to sting. Like, you know, that that kind of like this, this weird kind of like boasting where I'm like, oh, OK, I guess smash them like you want to sting. I mean, I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing, you know, until Prince confirms in the next line. We just bad. We so bad. We good. And I'm like, I mean, OK, I mean, you know, and also that kind of that keyboard noise that goes throughout the kind of like we say, like the pinball noise. Right. You, you, you I, I mean, to me, it's kind of distracting within the song because I'm like, I'm trying. First of all, I'm trying to figure out what is making that noise, and I'm, I'm guessing it's some kind of keyboard. But right. at the same time, it, 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 it's one of those things where I think stuff that kind of Prince used to do, where he would put like little kind of touches on songs would be interesting but sometimes when it went through the whole song like that you're like it just becomes a distraction and you know your brain is like what is that noise and what is making it and it kind of distracts from the rest of the song while i'm listening to it at least yeah i see where you're coming from you know i thought in reading some of the interviews from 1996 around this time where he talked about the blueprint for emancipation and looking at it as a, a three disc set and kind of before recording plotting highs and lows and peaks and valleys in the album, you know, this kind of follows Betcha by Golly Wow, a slow song, a real sugary, sweet song, a cover. And, and then we kind of get this party song. So I almost wonder if it was part of his plan. You know, I just hit you with this sugary, sweet cover song, uh, something he hadn't done before. And then we roll yeah. right into this, um, you know, kind of sales funky party thing as a change of pace yeah i think i mean i think that is interesting yeah and also after this we have white mansion which of course you know is a song about basley park right um so once again kind of advertising stuff and then if you want to read it you also have damned if i do which kind of feels like a commentary on anything that he did with warner brothers very much you know? so, so it, it it does feel like there is, i mean the sequencing is something that i've mentioned a few times on some of the uh, the episodes it is quite interesting the way prince has kind of sequenced these albums obviously the whole you know 60 minute per disc 12 songs per disc like that kind of deliberate thing 
Uh, it does suggest that Prince is putting some thought into this album. You know, this is an album, obviously, that he spent months building up towards. Right. Um, and so it's it's not like he's just put 36, you know, any 36 songs onto some discs and put that out. He's obviously considered, you know, what the listening experience is going to be like. Yeah. Um, and certainly this does pick up the pace after Betcha by Golly Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which some people might say is a little bit kind of saccharine, um, you know. Although on the first, I mean, this entire first disc to me always feels like it is the the kind of party disc, um, considering that you start with Jam of the Year and you have Get Your Groove On and Caught in Time. You know, there certainly seems to be a lot of kind of more party songs on this disc, um, certainly than there are on the second disc, right. um, you know, which has a very specific subject. Um, and certainly more than the third disc, which feels a bit more experimental in terms of, you know, the different types of songs that are on here. Yeah. Um, you know. And I mean, I'm not saying that We Gets Up is kind of uh, rote, but it just kind of feels like, you know, Prince declaring the MPG are great, um, you know, particularly saying stuff like, you know, if you'll take a left, we're going to do a right. We'll keep this mother rocking till the broad daylight. Mm-hmm. Like those kind of declarations of how good the band is and how long they're going to keep rocking. You know, they seem to have been, you know, at least a signature going back a decade you know it's something that prince will occasionally do is is have a song that tells you how great this band is and how much fun you're going to have um sometimes without you actually having any kind of fun or asking yeah <laughs> yeah well yeah he doesn't invite you to have fun he's literally telling you yes um you know what is going to happen when they come to your town this isn't you know the deepest song in prince's catalog by any means um i think you can certainly see it as him singing about the npg but during this time is sort of when he started referring to himself and the plural we you know it was like everything that he was doing was sort of we his own uh you know writing style you know he included his band in his own persona sort of so i also saw it as not only a song about the npg but you know about at the time, the artist formerly known as Prince, you know, retaining the fact that he's awesome despite kind of a string of kind of a few years of weirdness there from 93 through 96 and maybe a little bit of a lack of commercial success that, you know, I'm still here, I still can do this kind of thing. And, uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, towards the end, the song kind of gets this kind of always, almost a mania where we have We Gets Up being repeated a few times. And then, you know, kind of we finish with just We Gets Up, which is my favorite way for a print, for any song to finish is with them just saying the title of the song. <laughs> um, like I said, there's not really a huge amount going on in the song um, other than... Than Prince just simply telling you what the song is about while the song is going on, and also I think like declarations of like ain't co- co- ain't no one can stop us. How do you think you could? It's like well, I mean, poor album sales and you know a lack of record distribution will probably you know sort that kind of thing out. But uh, yeah, no, I do think it's kind of interesting that Prince does. The, I mean, you know, the ne- it's interesting because he says new power soul in this as well, and obviously the next. You know, MPG album, which in effect was just a Prince solo album, right? Um, by another name, is obviously called New Power Soul. You know, and just features a picture of Prince on the front. <laughs> he gave up all pretense of like the whole Tora Tora thing, um, and just went straight to here is a picture of me with uh, I think with the microphone gun, yeah, and yeah. just you know MPG on one side and New Power Soul on the other, and it's like, but we know what it really is. You know, <laughs> like this is yeah, for sure. It was it was pretty thinly veiled. So I'm mean, in in this sense, it's the royal we who get up then. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's it's not. I mean, and also it's interesting because 
Um, you know, on this album, on the second disc, I think mostly it is just Prince by himself. But on this, you know, the fact that it's just Eric Leeds and Brian Lynch. And I have to say as well that, like, the horn work on this is really nice. You know, there's... Yeah, I, w- I agree. I was hoping you were going to get to that. The the uh, Especially the repeating horn part is something that uh, sort of unique on a Prince song, I thought. Yeah, and I, the thing is as well, you know, I'm a big fan of Eric Leeds. You know, I, I started playing saxophone because I liked Eric Leeds that much. That's how much of an influence he was on me. Uh, but, you know, I, th- I think by the time we get to this point, Prince is kind of, you know, he's he's got the MPG horns, which obviously have, you know, made appearances on this album as well. And so when we get these kind of just, these last kind of few kind of collaborations with Eric Leeds, um, I think it's always nice to hear him because I think he has a distinct sound. Like the work that Eric Leeds does is, is slightly different from the MPG horns who feel a bit more... Um, I feel there were some interviews where Prince kind of referred to them as his right hand or something. And it does feel a little bit like the MPG horns are like, you know, a sample on a keyboard that Prince is playing. Uh, Whereas Eric Leeds feels like his own man kind of bringing something different to the song, Um, you know, which is not to put down the MPG horns. They are great horn players. It's just they don't feel as much as, as a kind of collaborator as Eric Leeds was. Yeah, I'd agree. I, I always thought of not as, as uh, you know, his right hand, but almost like hired hands. That's something that he would direct them on with either through vocalization or something like that, where Eric always brought, you know, something a little more unique to me. It's something that Prince couldn't have done on his own. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's always that that was always the kind of the, the story of why Prince added horns was because that was the instrument he couldn't play. And so he yeah. needed, you know, he needed someone who could, who could kind of be as good as him, but, you know, on saxophone. And I think that is Eric Leeds, um, you know, uh, always a, always a great addition to any Prince song. I agree. Anyone who uh, is secure in their job playing for Prince is um, worth having around. And I say <laughs> Eric was that because he couldn't be replaced. And I, th- I think as well at this point, you're talking, you know, uh, you know, by the time you get to emancipation, this is like a decade, you know, this is a decade old relationship now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I and I mean Eric Leeds from now on. I mean, Emancipation is kind of the last album where he was a regular collaborator. Um, you know, he'll kind of make one or two appearances from this point on, but it does kind of feel like. Uh, I mean, the next the next couple of albums that come. In fact, I think the next three albums that come out from Prince are all, but mostly archival material. Yeah. Um, so by the time you get to Rainbow Children, which is kind of like the next big album, by that point, it you know Eric Leeds is definitely no longer involved, and Prince has kind of moved on. Um, you know, and found a new horn player, basically. Yeah, at least at least for studio work, for sure. It was neat to see Eric back on that tour, but uh, we're probably getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, you know, uh, for me, I would have to say, I mean, I, I don't feel I can really go higher than a three out of five, um, just because I feel like the song isn't really doing anything that we haven't already heard Prince do before. Um, you know, there are a couple of little interesting horn things, which I think, you know, kind of, that's that's why I would make it a three. Um, but like the song isn't really saying anything to me that I don't already know. You know, the fact that Prince is saying that he's got a great band who can kind of get down, even though at this point the band really consists of Rhonda and like nobody else, like there's not really a band here. That's that. This is a kind of funny thing, like boasting about a band that doesn't really exist. Um, you know, which I, I always find quite humorous. You know, there's always points where Prince chooses to boast about his band and usually he has a band to boast about. But, you know, here he's essentially just boasting about Ronda and, and, uh, and you know, two kind of, uh, like, two horn players. Like, it doesn't feel like it's saying anything that particularly new. And, it, you know, I don't mind the production, but at the same time, um, you know, I sometimes solo Prince f- feels like he's missing something. Like, if we had... Um, you know, if we had like Michael Bland on the drums, that might 
kind of take the track up a star or something, but at the, I, I think three out of five is, is probably about as high as I can go for the moment. All right. I'm going to be a fraction higher than you. I was thinking more like three and a half out of five for the reasons you said, but also I got to take into consider the very ending of the song with the guitar work. Uh, when the song kind of stops and picks back up and we have this sort of rock and roll guitar part at the end that repeats a bit. Um, I really thought was fun. And so that's what put me at the, I was trying to figure out, well, can I go three and a quarter stars? Is that allowed? <laughs> so I'll, I'm going to go three and a half um, for the, for the reasons you said, and also that guitar part at the end, I thought is a lot of fun. That is, that is a nice outro as well. Like I like the ending, you know, um, but mm-hmm. I just, like I say, I don't feel the song is, is telling me anything that I don't already know. And if, and the thing is, if you've got a 36 track album, you really have to make each of those tracks count. You can't just be wasting my time for, you know, four <laughs> minutes. Um, you know, you, yeah. it's it's got to make an impact. There's got to be at least something there to kind of, you know, a, a grading on a curve on this whole album. Um, you know, the song before and the song after it, I think I like a lot more than this song. So uh, it's it's kind of jelly in the middle of a sandwich that you like. Um, although I would I would call that jam, not jelly, but jam. Uh, you know, that. <laughs> and it is Fair definitely enough. a jam. Uh, yeah, I mean, it should kind of go without saying that no one's ever covered this song, um, and Prince didn't perform it live, uh, which I find odd because I feel like this would have been a good song live. Like I feel like there could have been, you know, this feels like a song that would have taken fifteen minutes for Prince to get through because he would have filled and filled the need to kind of add little bits and pieces to it as they kind of you know went around for the We Gets Up. Uh, but evidently he never took that opportunity. No, I, you know, while I was reading about this song and trying to refresh my mind on it, um, I also remember it being used by the NBA in the U.S. as on, on a commercial or something like that. And I could not find any reference to that uh, online and some of the things I did. So it was you. It, it kind of got a little bit of play. Um, you know, in pop culture, um, at least from basketball standpoint, and I think it made a it made a great theme song for that kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I could, the thing is, I could understand this. Like, I could understand, I could see that working. Like, a, you know, like a sports advert. I feel this, you know, that kind of boasting. I, I feel would you know fits a kind of uh, you know, I mean, any sport. You know, that that obviously that's what you know sport is about is kind of being the best. So I can understand why a track that's kind of about boasting would work as uh, a soundtrack to that. Um, right, but yeah. So um, I feel like we said as much as we can about we get up. So let's go to any plugs. Uh, do you have anything we should plug, Josh? Oh sure. Uh, first of all, thanks again for having me on. Um, I co-host a podcast called The Mountains and the Sea. Um, it is uh, a little more uh, less granular than what you do here on Track by Track, where we look at an album and an era of Prince music, uh, go through all the songs and pick our high point, which would be our mountain, and our low point of the album, which is the sea. Um, and then we also devote a podcast to any kind of ancillary material or B-sides, um, videos, concert appearances, unreleased material, that kind of thing on kind of podcast number two of the series. So um, if you want to check that out, you can find it anywhere you get your pods. Uh, we are on Twitter at TMATS Podcast on Twitter. That's T-M-A-T-S podcast wait so if you can find us on facebook at prince track by track or on twitter at prince podcast or you can email us not sure where you would at prince track by track at gmail.com thanks once more for being my guest here josh thank you for having me and otherwise goodbye bye-bye